Welcome to the Flourish Podcast. Thank you for joining us for this episode as we learn, grow, and flourish together as a community of women. Hi, this is Penny. Thanks for joining me today for the Flourish Podcast. I started a little series last time entitled Facing Our Frailties, and just the the importance of being willing to really look at the weaknesses and frailties in our life and face them with full vulnerability and authenticity, not just so we can go around saying, oh, I'm this, I'm that, but so that we can be healed and so that the things in our lives can really be redeemed and restored so that we can fulfill the mandate of God in our lives. Hebrews 12, 12 and 13 says, Therefore, strengthen the hands that are weak and the knees that are feeble and make straight paths for your feet so that the limb which was lame may not be put out of joint but rather be healed. Wow. I mean, that's that's a pretty cool verse of, of Scripture. And to me, that says that we need to make legitimate attempts and take serious the parts of us that are weak and frail and that need to be put back into place and healed and not just to ignore it. It says, strengthen the weak hands and knees that are feeble, that are frail, and make straight paths for your feet so that the limb, which was lame, instead of being completely ruined, completely out of joint, instead would be healed. And how many people have we seen that had weaknesses or frailties and are now completely lame and completely out of joint? because they refuse to face those issues in their lives. They've been disqualified. They've been ruined in their personal lives and in ministry for sure. Some of them have uh, died or even committed suicide in just great discouragement and despair because they refused to get the weaknesses and frailties in their life to bring them to a place of surrender So we stopped at point two last time, and I'm going to continue on with point one was that we don't have time to face our frailties. We're just too busy, too much on our plate. Sorry, don't have time for that. Point two was just too trivial, not really important. The world is dying and desperate need of my help. So how would I have time to deal with my own weaknesses? That's just kind of silly. Why, why would I bother? I'm too important for that. Actually, you're too important not to do that. Point three is, and this is a very legitimate one for a lot of people, too painful, unwilling to look at things in our life that make us fearful, overwhelmed, or hurt. Uh, that's, that's a big thing for people. They don't want to face it. They don't want to look at it. It just hurts too much. You know, people that grew up in horribly broken homes or suffered abuse or whatever the case may be. Whatever that own, I know for me, my weaknesses, I hate them. I hate how I act sometimes when I feel insecure or whatever. I shrink back, act like a big baby, like I can't uh, handle life, like I'm just completely lose sight of who I really am in God. 
And I don't like it. It's very painful to even look at it and to realize it and to have it be brought to bear in my life. Sometimes I think the Lord allows it to come up in my face again. So I remember that it still exists and that I need to always stay holding on to the hem of his garment with everything in me because I'm desperate for God. And that's not necessarily a bad place to be. I disagree with the mindset that it's unhealthy to go back to unhealed issues, even in marriages. I've often heard people say, you know, well, we don't want to dig up that. Why are you going back to that? Obviously, because it's not healed. Obviously, because there are things there that have never really been looked at or faced. Yeah, you don't want to dig up old things just for the sake of ammunition or to hurt someone. But there are often things that go left undealt with, unhealed, unrepaired, and they are out of joint. And I think this is true in marriages a lot. People don't know how to communicate about things. They don't know how to face things. So they just kind of let it lie dormant. That does not mean it's healed. That doesn't mean it's fixed. Uh, Pastor Tim Quintrell one time said, in order to make something new, you have to face its past. And that's so true. If you're dealing with an ongoing, reoccurring thing in your life or in your marriage or in your ministry or in your relationships, obviously something's amiss and there's a deceptive stream there going on. There's a wound that's incurable that needs to be looked at. And maybe you need to take getting help to the next level. Maybe just drifting along because it's too painful or too time-consuming to delve into it. Maybe it's time to like say, yes, I need to go somewhere a little deeper with this. If something is built on sand, dysfunction, unbiblical thinking, making it new requires considering and looking at where the dysfunction comes from. And again, to think that, oh, that's trivial, is in my idea, in my thinking, that's foolish. It's hyper-spiritualism to say that because we're a new creature in Christ, there's no need for appropriately and in an ongoing way applying Isaiah 61 to our lives. We have to have beauty for ashes. We have to be let, have the captive set free. We have to have the broken hearts healed. If you want to be an oak of righteousness and you want to restore former devastations, like Isaiah 61 says, you can't just have walls around yourselves and myself and just act like, we got this deal. We got this together. I'm good. You know, my frailties don't really bother me. They're not a problem. I've got it figured out. Sometimes we don't have them figured out. Sometimes we just pretend we have them figured out. And whatever reason, like too painful, whatever, we just say, no, I'm not going to face this. There's a difference between dwelling on past hurts and just staying there and just wallowing in them and and just making an excuse for everything based on those things. That's not what I'm talking about at all. Like not being crippled by them and just saying, this is who I am. I'm just this, or I'm just that. 
No, no, that's not at all what I'm referring to. There's a difference between that and looking at the areas which are legitimately unresolved in order to set them aright. And as I said, setting them aright does not necessarily mean I'll never be bothered by this again. That whole verse in Jeremiah that says, return and give up this mistaken tone of distrust and despair is a process. And it's something that I do regularly. I have to return and return again and return again and return again and say, oh, Lord, I, I, I still have a, a weakness here. I, I tend to falter here at times and I tend to fall at times, but I will come back to you and allow you to yet again set it aright and to heal the joint so that it doesn't become lame, doesn't make me lame. So I'm not crippled from it. But instead, I'm going to get back on the horse. I'm going to move forward. Yes, that thing may knock at the door again. Yes, I may get sucked down into that thinking mindset again. But I'm going to allow you to set it aright, and I'm going to move forward. I will not dwell on this. I will not stay there. I will not let it define me, and I will not let it cripple me and keep me from being the father in the parable of the prodigal son. That's who I want to be. If you have a wound in your life that continues to influence the way you view and treat others, some proactive course should be employed to, bring f- to make you free and effective. So let's, even if it hurts, let's consider going there. Let's consider getting help. Let's consider talking to someone who you trust and you know is reliable and say, I have this wound. I need prayer. I need help. I need accountability. I need counseling. I need something. Okay. We're going to go on to the fourth one here. It's too carnal. Number four, these issues are selfish and fleshly. Okay. It might, they may be obviously when we're in sin and we're have a, a issue that is a frailty or weakness, often they're, they're selfish, they're fleshly. But if we're still living them out, then facing them is the unselfish thing to do. It's the humble thing to do. Being, again, hyper-spiritual and even tritely quoting Bible verses to avoid our true behavioral patterns is not admirable. How many times have we seen on Facebook even People who are in patterns of sin and rebellion, even in their lives, quoting Bible verses to say that those issues don't matter. People that have maybe left their wives and started a whole new ministry or a whole new life and quoting some type of verses about forgetting what lies behind or I'm a new creature or I'm forgiven from all my sin. That's fine. That's great. But you obviously have a serious frailty in your life if you've just left your wife, moved on, and perhaps even cheated on her, or vice versa, women with men, and are just moving along right back into where you were, maybe a whole new ministry, and you're just quoting a Bible verse to trivialize it. There's nothing admirable about that. These are real live issues in our lives. And yes, they're carnal and, and fleshly, and, and they, but they deserve attention. 
And when I talk about quoting Bible verses, I'm not talking about legitimate spiritual warfare. Obviously, when I am in a weak place, when I am faltering and struggling, I'm going to quote the word. I'm going to speak the word over my life. Even though I'm not necessarily walking out what those verses are saying, when I'm speaking them, I'm fighting with those verses. I'm fighting to have victory and to fulfill what Isaiah 61 says about really being healed and being set aright so that I can indeed then step back into that place, step back into the smile of God and the light of God that He always is shining on me in order to walk out those things that He's He's put in my life to be and to do. So again, and, and this would also include the mindset that kingdom finances should not be spent to uh, restore or renew. That's wasteful. Like, oh, I, I can't be using that kind of money just to maybe have a spiritual retreat or or to my wife and I to go away to a marriage retreat or or even to go to personal ministry or counseling. That That's fleshly. How could I spend money for that when there's so many needs in the world? And those things are important. Your integrity, your character, your heart, your ability to walk with your head high, knowing that you're right with God, right with your husband, right with your children and your family and the people you're around and that you work with and that your heart is pure and you're not beat down in some horrible place of discouragement and despair and temptation that you can't, that seems incurable. We don't want to live like that. We want to get free. And we want to be so vulnerable and so real with the right people in order to get the right kind of help so that we can truly, truly face our frailties and see that joint be put back in place. We'll pick up next time with uh, the next several points, or maybe we'll finish off then. But thanks again for joining me today. Love y'all. Thanks for listening to the Flourish Podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode and share it with your friends. For more information about Flourish, our annual conference, or to join our community of women, visit nrpflourish.com. See you next time.